Hello and welcome to I Am Geek, and this is episode 61. We're back at it again. We've wow. passed 60. We're going to 70, right? That's what we'll be here. Yeah, that'll be the next we'll party. Soon, right? Yeah, we'll get the retire soon. Um, oh, thank not you. really. We're doing this forever. It's in your contract. Oh, uh, anyways, so we're back. <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm with my brother Chris and my good pal, Catron, yeah. or he's our good pal. You know, yeah. we're all friends here. But we yeah, have a very uh, special guest. <laughs> now, Chris found this guest. He went deep, deep in the vault. Uh, he's, he's known this guest since uh, they were wee little lads working a projector together. Um, probably before that, maybe. I don't even know. We'll get in, We'll get into that yeah. backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But wow. we have, uh, Chris, would you like to introduce your, or I can introduce your friend, it doesn't matter. Oh, I can introduce him. Uh, he's uh, probably the most talented person I know. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> I know some of the same people you know, so I'm like, ah, that's not accurate. <laughs> I, I just—he's he's a real Renaissance man. I'll say that. Uh, Maybe uh, I should have introduced like, him. I'm gonna start over. So tonight on I Am Geek, we have a very special guest, <laughs> and his name is Adam Ely. Say hello, Adam. Hey, hey guys. Hey everyone. <laughs> Chris, you can go ahead and talk about him if you yeah, want to. Oh no, that's fine. I know. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna list off some of his accomplishments. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna lift go him up, right boast it. him up here, and he's gonna feel really good about himself. And then we're just gonna, you know, just pound him and yeah. tear him down. Wow, that's how we do. <laughs> no. I'm ready. Adam Ely is uh, visual effects guru. We'll say that he's done it all. <laughs> He's worked on um, his latest uh, installment was in Wrinkle in Time, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, Downsizing, which I didn't see that one, uh, Kong Skull <laughs> Island, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows, Kung Fu Panda Three, Penguins of Madagascar, something called Possum, Rise of the Guardians, Push the Boots, Cobra <laughs> Traveler, Avatar, Avatar. You worked Avatar. on Avatar. Uh, oh, and Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. <laughs> and spider-man 3 the list goes on and on he's worked on just about everything right now i think he's with um ilm industrial light and magic a lot to discuss here uh adam welcome thank you hopefully i i you know made you feel good about yourself there uh about all of your accomplishments and that's his visual effects credits he's got producer credits he's got two of those (laughs) <laughs> like yeah, I, I do. I don't know, I don't know, know what you produce, but uh, <laughs> I can find out because I am on IMDb that tells me everything about you. Well, there's POV and best kept secret. Oh, associate. They're, they're they're actually the same thing. They're, they're <laughs> listed on IMDb twice for some reason. <laughs> well, welcome. Well, Adam, thank you. Um, like we said, you have been friends with Chris for a long time, so I'll let you know Chris tell us all about all the secrets, the deep dark secrets. Adam, uh, that he I, don't, I don't know. I tried to introduce him or sure you don't want to tell those two. No, no, I was just giving you a hard time. No, we've known each other a while. We, um, I think, met in art class, I believe. Yes. Where, what elementary school did you go to? Uh, uh, well, there was King Springs. Okay, so we didn't, go, we didn't go to elementary. We didn't we go to elementary school because we went, went to Liberty Bell and Science Hill, right? I actually didn't 
didn't go to Liberty Bell. I went to Ashley Academy, which is like oh, a okay. private. Oh, okay. Yeah, right, right. He was right. one of those posh kids. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was the older was, brother yeah. that had public school. Yeah, they gave all the money <laughs> to me. Uh, no, I got a, I got a scholarship. I was smart. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that all went away. I'm not smart anymore. Um, but, but yeah, no, I didn't go to Liberty Bell. You got, uh, you guys went to Liberty Bell. Ryan yeah. went to Liberty Bell. Um, uh, uh, so you might have been there at the same time. We probably actually. were. Yeah, I graduated probably... Science Hill in '98. I graduated '96. Okay. So you were just just ahead of me a bit. Yeah, I'm an yeah. Old me and Ryan man. were never in. Yeah, me and Ryan were never in high school together. Like he left and I came in. Gotcha. Really? I didn't even know that. Yeah. And <laughs> hey, Chris, you were right behind me, I believe. I was. Yeah, I was like pretty much right behind. Yeah. Well, there may have been a year in between us. Actually, I graduated 2000. Oh, okay. Okay. Then yeah, I do think you're right. I think art class must have been where we met for the first time. I think so, uh, Mrs. Leach. Oh, <laughs> Mrs. Leach. Mrs. Leach. This is a nice art class. I never had Mrs. Yeah. Leach. We've talked about this before, though. I had Coach Mokler. <laughs> hey, I had Coach Mokler, too. Man, wasn't that guy a guy? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he, he gave me some of the best advice that I've ever had, and I've it's a story that I've told a couple of classes that when I go and talk to students sometimes, uh, it's a fun story. I can get into it later, but yeah, I had, yeah, yeah. I had Mokler, uh, Stan, Stanon was his name, yeah, right? Yeah, Stanon, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, like some people took band every year and some people took whatever else you could take every year. Um, I, I was, was like, all right, well, if they're going to do that, I'm going to take art every year. And I also took graphic arts with Mr. Eubank. Uh, uh Mr. Eubank. Yeah, I did that. Where I I first started like using the computer, you know, I'm like, what is this Corel Draw? And <laughs> nice. I had awesome. Stan in as a wrestling coach. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know he did that. Yeah. Uh, big scruffy beard, right? Scruffy beard. Oh yeah. Yeah. Stan in was your classic sort of. Uh, bohemian hippie-ish like art teacher in high school. They like to wrestle. <laughs> I did not know that part. Yeah, he was one of the wrestling coaches. Mm. Uh, uh, and Coach Mokler, yeah, he was a football football coach. Yeah, yeah. And he a professional. Al- yeah, yeah. He always, uh, yeah. <laughs> he always just drew pictures of uh, half-naked Arnold Schwarzenegger while we were in there. Um, <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, we discussed that too. Yeah. <laughs> you see, you got to get this form right. <laughs> but I just want to draw Spider Man. No, you will draw Arnold Schwarzenegger in a mankini. <laughs> I'm just I don't know if you like me or not. That's fine. <laughs> he's a nice enough guy anyways but you have a story so i'm sure uh you will make him you know him better than me uh, <laughs> uh yeah no we met in art class though and uh, i remember mrs leach loved you to death um I, I think you could do no wrong in her eyes um i think Aww. i think I, I actually wanted to prove that one time where i was at your house house you'd already graduated or something and i was like i bet i bet you could draw anything i could show it to her 
And she goes, oh, Adam, that's just, that's so Adam, that's so adorable. <laughs> so I drew, I drew a pile of poop and then had you sign your name to it. And I took her into her. And I was like, what? what? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't remember that? <laughs> oh. I showed it to her. And she's like, oh, that Adam, he's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I was like, I knew it. <laughs> How funny. <laughs> I wish you still had that picture. I probably still have it somewhere. Oh. I've kept like everything. <laughs> I've kept like well, all my drawings. I mean, she's uh, her her name is Renee Pitts now, and yeah. she's friends with me on Facebook. So if she if she's inclined to click on the the link, who knows? She might hear the stories again. Like, I remember that. <laughs> she she has she has become quite the plain air painter too. She she is. Oh, really? is really really good and she's very disciplined and is constantly posting uh, uh landscapes and uh, still lives that she's painting so yeah. a little shout out to right. renee pitts there yeah, yeah she was a really good art teacher i liked her a lot well hopefully she'll well, listen to this yes yeah, she might Mowgli <laughs> might listen to it too Mowgli. <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm glad he's still around hopefully he's still teaching art He's in North Carolina, South Carolina. He's in one of the Carolinas. There was a lot of football coaches and stuff that did lots of things at Libertyville and Science Hill. I'm getting off track. That Mr. Dial for band, and he was like, he used to play for the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, that's a scary dude. Like, he's the nicest guy, but when he wanted to be mad... Like, you would throw erasers across the room. Like, the big <laughs> erasers that were, like, the size of your head. He'd chuck them all the way across the band room. And you'd see, like, a, the dust just, you know, falling as it went. <laughs> it's a hardcore in Johnson City. Mm-hmm. Don't mess That's around. That's from the past. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so, uh, we could talk more about the past, but, you know... For those listeners that didn't grow up in Johnson City, we'll get back to the past. But uh, can you tell us sort of what visual effects artist means, Matt Painter, what what that really means for those that that have no idea what what it is? Like Ryan. I know what it is. (laughs) You paint somebody named Matt into every scene in a movie. Yeah. (laughs) So um, uh, visual effects... Uh, is uh, um, you know putting putting on the film uh, that which can't be filmed gotcha. uh, and uh, it encompasses like a wide array of things so like you know animated characters explosions miniatures like it's it's uh, it's it's a very broad term that covers a lot of disciplines and uh, um, up until a couple of weeks ago, I was in um, the generalist department at Industrial Light Magic, and the generalist department evolved uh, from the matte painting department, uh, which is um, uh, focused on uh, environment shots and establishing shots of environments for the most part. Uh, back during the photochemical days when everything was done on film and you know you didn't have computers to composite um, and the the classic matte shot there, there was a couple of ways to do a, a matte painting one was 
you could get a giant sheet of glass and put it in front of the camera, uh, between the camera and the actors. And on that piece of glass, you could paint um, like, you know, mountains and a castle from the midway section up. And so when you're filming it, you see the actors through the glass looking away, but it looks like they're looking at the castle that's painted on the glass. So that's like a, uh, a kind of a quick explanation of what the glass shot was. Uh, and then there were um, uh, matte shots where you would do uh, a painting of a landscape or an environment and you would paint a black area where you would uh, uh, eventually replace with a, with a photographed element. So say you were painting a big vista that had a castle in it or whatever, you could paint out like a, like a black splotch, you know, in the foreground. Um, and then later on, use that, that black area as a mat to uh, composite in a, uh, a separately filmed element that wasn't there on, you know, because you didn't have the painting there on the shot the day you shot the, the, yeah. the live action shot. I, th I think uh, I explained that correctly. <laughs> uh, and then as, you know, uh, uh, visual effects evolved, um, that term matte painting, uh, uh, matte painters were using Photoshop and, and photography and, uh, and painting uh, with, uh, you know, physical paints to create landscapes and, you know, digitally composite uh, environments together. Um, and then in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, the technique of taking paintings and sort of projecting them onto three digital 3D models uh, started to gain uh, a lot of traction because you could kind of move the camera a little bit and you would see some parallax of... You know, it, it didn't feel flat anymore. It was uh, dimensionalized. And when that really uh, became an, an art form, uh, ILM changed the name of the matte painting department to the Digimat department. Mm -hmm. And this was a ILM coined term that many other companies sort of adopted in describing what they were doing. So a lot of companies still had matte painting departments or environment departments, but everyone started sharing that sort of same like techniques like oh yeah yeah we, you know we're gonna project this and uh, uh it just became like a like a crazy just hybrid of disciplines and and you know just trying to achieve uh you know the desired effects for whatever you know uh, shot a director wanted and then the line so like not in all cases, but in many cases, matte paintings were sort of like the background. And that line of where the background starts kept creeping closer and closer and closer and closer to the camera. And the closer you get to the camera, the the more it becomes uh, a better solution to just do everything CG. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of doing paintings, it's like, all right, well, let's model this building, let's texture it and light it. And um, that's sort of when the Digimat department evolved into what it's now called the generalist department. And the generalist department is exactly what it sounds like. Um, and ILM is, I, I called it the, um, uh, the SIL team six, uh, because they were just like filled with like amazingly smart people. 
And, uh, of course there's like different strengths here and there. And my strength was definitely from that 2d world. Um, and, uh, compositing. So there's a 3d compositing package called nuke. And so that was my, my biggest comfort zone was sort of like Photoshop, you know, nuke, and then like kind of like light 3d modeling and positioning stuff. Uh, but the generalist department is filled with just uh, ninjas with 3D Studio Max and uh, Clarice of uh, just doing just full on 3D environments that just look absolutely gorgeous. Um, a lot of Wakanda uh, was done by uh, the, the the generalist at ILM for mm, cool. both uh, Black Panther and uh, Infinity War. Uh, so cool. it just awesome. Yeah, I would like look at people's <laughs> monitors and I would just be like, how did I get in this department? <laughs> yeah. I was just like constant, uh, um, what was the term? Um, imposter syndrome, you know, it's <laughs> like, oh, they're, they're, they're going to figure it out. <laughs> um, and uh, two weeks ago, um, uh, an opportunity, well, several months ago, an opportunity arose, but it sort of officially happened two weeks ago. I've made a transition from the generalist department to the art department, which has always been like a huge, huge uh, uh, a dream of mine to work for is the Industrial Light Magic's uh, art department. Cool. Awesome. And uh, my uh, one of the strengths that I'm bringing to the art department is having worked in ILM's pipeline. Uh, so I kind of know how the the pieces are fed, you know, the comp department. I kind of know how to like open up comps and, and rifle through, you know, their layers. So, um, if I need to, you know, do a paint over or whatever. Um, and, uh, I'm really excited for this opportunity and, uh, uh, it's been cool, uh, meeting some of the guys down there and like diving in and the, the art department can at uh, any facility, um, yeah, and I'm being super simplistic here, but you can kind of divide it into two camps uh, or two disciplines where you have the super pre-production stuff. So mm-hmm. it's everything from um, uh, a director's trying to pitch a movie to a director's trying to get a, a movie greenlit to uh, the visual effects studio is trying to win a bid to get awarded work to do. Uh, so you're, you're sort of sky's the, the limit. You're just doing like concept art. You're designing things, designing assets. You're doing uh, sort of production steals. It just like, like, uh, it's a lot of creative freedom. And then the other sort of half of, uh, the workload can be once a work is once work is awarded to a facility, uh, there's still a lot of creative things that need to be figured out. Uh, and that could be anywhere from, you know, the lighting department's kind of having a, uh, a difficult time getting the lighting right for a shot. You know, the director's not happy with it. It's, it's it, you know, it can be muddy or like the characters aren't popping. So sometimes they'll like, well, let's send a frame to the art department and an artist in the art department uh, will take that into Photoshop, paint over the top of it, uh, you know, like, well, you you know, the lighting could look like this or, you know, let's put some fog behind this character so he pops and, you know, let's change the value structure uh, to try to get buy-off from the director or visual effects supervisor. So you don't continue to spend 
lots of money trying to like find the look and you know rendering it and, and taking up all these resources in the render farm that you can you know pay one person to do it pretty fast you know with photoshop and once that you know that sh that look is bought off then you can like all right well, let's give it back to the lighter and it's like oh here's an approved piece of art that you know is your target and they're like oh okay i see that i see what they're wanting now and then they can try to hit that um uh, and then another example would be like an asset creation. So uh, um, oftentimes, you know, uh, the design for a robot or spaceship or creature or whatever, uh, you know, it's a, it's a piece of 2D art. And you're like, the director's like, yes, that's what I want. That looks awesome. Approved. And then you pass that to a 3D modeler that's got to now turn that into a 3D asset. <laughs> they start to see like it looks good. It's beautiful as a 2D piece of art. But it doesn't work as a 3d object as it spins, you know, cause you want it to look good from every angle. It's, it's, so there's, there's a lot of, um, um, uh, a, a creative artistic choices that need to be made in the translation of concept art. Um, and I, and I'm 100% sure that I know for a fact that you've run into this, Chris, uh, of where, um, you know, concept art shows a character in a pose that once <laughs> yeah. you get the actual puppet, the actual digital rigged puppet, mm -hmm. you're like, well, that doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's yeah. like, well, we want you to recreate this scene in the, in the concept art. And mm -hmm. you're like, well, we're going to have to break the model. And, <laughs> like, and then yeah, sometimes, sometimes the directors like to break it. And, you know, and you're like, all right, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, they, you figure out ways to cheat, to try to achieve and there's compromises and, Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. A lot of times you're you're treating your your screen, what you see on there, as a two D canvas because you're having to really shape stuff to get it to look like yeah, some of that concept stuff. Yeah. Um, and and sometimes it doesn't work because like oh, the character's got fur, so you can't really do that because then like the when they render the fur on there, it's gonna freak out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can't push it that far. You can't do that. All right. Well, they got to pull it back and kind of get it what it needs to look like. And then, yeah, real effects, they had what they, what they, because um, I didn't really deal with it until I went to real effects. They call it PSDs, um, where they had uh, like a program where you can go in and actually mold the characters to like what you needed it to look like. And, uh, and so you're almost, you're almost basically modeling in the shot. And it was keyable, so you could do it on, on frame to go to another frame and, and change it again. I uh, did a lot of that with the with like the slugs and stuff and the best fiend shorts that we did because those were huge. Like, I mean, the, it's an app on the phone. It's all 2D drawings, and trying to hit those is insane. I <laughs> they know that. Or go ahead. Oh, no. That, I, was, they, I didn't work on it, but they did a lot of that on um, the Looney Tunes shorts that they worked on, too. Which I'm a huge fan of, by the way. Those are gorgeous. <laughs> oh, they're great. They did an yeah. awesome job on those. Did, did you work on those? Did no, I didn't, get, I didn't get to work on them. I wasn't there when they did them. But uh, I know some people that did, and like, yeah, they're, they're rock stars. I, I love how, how faithful they are to the Chuck Jones uh, just uh, 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 stretch and squash and, and all that stuff. I was, their Daffy Duck one's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, if you if you looked at the model and it's just rigor pose, T pose, or whatever, like uh, just nothing on it, they apparently yeah didn't like look hardly anything like necessarily the characters in those poses, and they had to really shape them to get the to get them look like the cartoons. 
That's amazing. <laughs> well, I checked out your. Uh, I'll probably pronounce this wrong. Weta, is that right? Weta reel. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's some cool stuff, man. That's, Thanks. It's cool how you how that comes together. Um, you can find it on Reddit. It's on there if you guys want to find it. Um, but so, have you had any? I'm changing subject. That's what I do. Um, <laughs> any favorite projects you've worked on? Oh man, um, you've, had, um, you've had so many that are like big time blockbusters. I'm sure it's hard to pick something. Yeah, and it's some of the ones that don't appear on IMDb. I've worked on a number of uh, theme park rides. Oh, cool. Um, and those have been, uh, in some cases, like super challenging, kind of like super rewarding, and just uh, 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 in in the deliberable. Um, uh, I've worked on the a- after the King Kong ride uh, burned. The original King Kong ride at Universal uh, was lost in a fire. They they redid a new one. Uh, I got to work on that one. Oh, cool. um, nice. I got to work on the update to Mission Space at Epcot that came out last year. Oh, cool. Year before last, last year. So there, there's two versions of that, right? There's the green version and the the orange version. Yeah. And I got to work on the orange version. Um, and that was that was like personally very challenging for me and uh, uh, really really pushed me. And I, I what I'm super excited with uh, uh, how it turned out. And it's crazy to watch people like film it with their cell phone, you know, <laughs> post it on YouTube, you know. And it's also mind-boggling to think that right now, as we're talking, it's running. It is. It is like someone's riding it. Someone's like on it. It's insane. <laughs> um, and then there's a new Jimmy Fallon uh, uh, race through New oh, York yeah, that's yeah. at uh, Universal Studios, and uh, that was a, an ILM project as well. Um, and ILM's done, uh, uh, several rides. Um, one, I would love to go to Shanghai to, to see in person. I believe it's Shanghai Disney, but it's the Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, right there. yeah. 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 Seen the <laughs> oh my gosh. It looks amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would um, love so to go there. Favorite projects. Um, it's funny. Some of the earlier ones, like like the the first company I ever worked for was a, a company here in San Francisco called Giant Killer Robots, and it was a smaller scale uh, visual effects studio. And with that, it just it, there was something about you know the the sort of family vibe, and it was a big open space, and it was like my first experience, and uh, um it's just, I have a lot of fond memories of just like, it's not necessarily like the, the greatest films, you know, like the most, the films I watch over and over again or yeah. anything, but it's just, <laughs> it was just uh, uh, really uh, memorable and kind of like fond remembering that. And then working at Weta, I'd always wanted to live abroad and, and getting like the New Zealand experience. You know, it's like when I see those films now, um, it's, I just don't see those films. You know, I just, I see like, it all comes back to me of like, oh my gosh, driving on the left side of the road and, uh, you know, all the food and the, the sites and, you know, the friends I made down there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and if anybody chooses to, look, to work in the movie industry, you're going to work on bad movies because most movies oh, yeah. are bad movies. Yeah. And so it's like every day it's just like, you, 
you find you know fun in the work and yeah and sometimes you're working on something and you're like i don't know if this is gonna be good or not you know it's like <laughs> i don't know how this is gonna be received chris has had a lot of those <laughs> yeah yeah uh i so when when i first saw like um nomeo and juliet i didn't work on that one I, I saw it, I was like, I don't, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> and, and my wife really wanted to watch it. I was like, okay, we'll watch it. And and it's not that like, the animation was bad or anything. It's just, to me, just like, I didn't I didn't like the movie. Nothing personal. Anyone worked on it. I was like, I, and, I, and I was just like, okay, well, I didn't work on it. Okay. And then, and then Sherlock Gnomes came to our studio, and I worked on the sequel to that movie. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to work on the sequel. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I, I've been told it's actually not that bad. It's actually pretty funny. <laughs> you know, it's fine. I've heard positive things myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I will watch it one day. I just couldn't. I don't know. <laughs> so you did get to work on Avatar. Yeah. Yes. Have you got to go to Pandora and Animal Kingdom? Uh, I... that. That is on my list. Uh, I last time I was down there, they were building it, so I just saw the uh, uh, like the, the rocks, that, you know, from the outside. But it was I was behind the fence; I couldn't get close to it. Um, I have seen it on YouTube; someone's filmed, yeah, and it blows my mind. I'm just, <laughs> it is cool. I, I was there last week. I, oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I've been a couple times to it, and uh, it's amazing. Like I, you know, personally, I wasn't a big Avatar movie fan. Uh, visually, it was stunning, but story You got more coming. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but so when you could go back in the shows and listen, and I was like, yeah, Avatar Land's coming. I'm sure that's going to be great. Like giving it a hard time. And then I went and I was like totally blown away by it. It was like you were there on a different planet. It was just amazing so i'll be i'd be interested to see somebody who worked on it who, who worked on uh because i'm from what i saw in sort of your reel it looks like you worked on the backgrounds and and yeah. uh what you would think of it in real life like when you go to it what your uh opinion of it would be but yeah it's it's something to behold especially at nighttime especially at nighttime hey. What the Disney Imagineers do, uh, you know, in conjunction with uh, the visual effects studios on those rides, um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Disney fan, and uh, it's just the attention to detail and like all the little things that just when you're waiting in the queue to get on the ride now, yeah. Uh, yeah. they're just they're so immersive. They're like such Easter eggs hidden, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's truly amazing. And it's been some of the experience I've had working on, on some theme park rides, just the back and forth and hearing like what decisions are made and, and why, you know, we need to make this change versus this change. And you know, they're thinking about like the heights of, you know, kids, the heights yeah. of adults, they're thinking about, you know, uh, you know, special needs people that need more time getting on and off rides. It's, it's, it's really cool. Uh, they, they have that down to a science of, of like how to make, you know, a pleasant experience and move people through a space like every day yeah. repeated. Just it's, it, it's, I'm in awe of it actually. I'm just like, wow. Like <laughs> these are jobs that people do, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they did a great job with flight, especially flight of passage. It, 
one of the best rides out there. Yeah, I can't wait to check it out. Yeah, you'll love it. You'll love yeah. it. Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> That's all I have I for you. Nope. Great <laughs> show. <laughs> I was hoping you'd, you'd already been there. Well, so uh... <laughs> <laughs> That was going to be the whole rest of the show. Yeah, that's the show. Now, I, I do remember, I think you told me this, I'm pretty sure, um, the Sharknado. Yes. You made a shark that was in Sharknado. That is correct. <laughs> um, I It's the highlight of my career. I'm so excited <laughs> for that. That was what you were going to say when like, he asked you what was the best thing that you can remember. <laughs> that was the shark in Sharknado. Yeah, the, the way that story goes is uh, uh, I went to grad school at the Academy of Art in San Francisco. And uh, I uh, took an organic ZBrush modeling class. And in that class for homework, uh, I, um, I modeled a Mako shark. And I was really proud of it. You know, I, it was uh, I'm a big stickler on like it's going to be anatomically correct. And uh, it's just, it was just a fun, I think it, it's a, it's a really cool looking animal. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm not a, uh, you know, there's, there's people out there that can like model circles around me, but um, uh, I was really proud of the shark and I posted it on an old blog that I'd had, like, you know, it's like, here's my Mako shark. And I ended up getting it 3d printed at one point. Um, and this was in 2000. I believe and in 2013 or 14 uh, this is after the first Sharknado and you know they've announced like Sharknado 2 is coming uh, I got an email one day and opened it up and it was just like hey I'm such and such I'm the visual effects supervisor on this like low budget film named Sharknado 2 <laughs> and he was like, I came across a, a, a model of a, of a shark you did and had a couple questions. A, is it for sale? Uh, B, is it rigged? And do you have textures for it? And, uh, you know, no worries if not. And I was, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I emailed him back immediately. And I was just like, dude, I was just like, you can have it. I, I was like, hey, it's not textured. It's not rigged. So you got to do some work. But I was just like, I'll dig it up, I'll find it, I'll send it to you. Uh, I was like, that that's just great. That just like made my day. And uh, I, I said, just uh, if you can, give me a credit. It's the most specific credit I have ever received. <laughs> Is in the I, I to be honest with you, I've never seen uh, Sharknado two, but I've seen some shots that have that shark in it because I can recognize it. It's <laughs> it's one of the more realistic looking sharks. <laughs> because it's, it's, yeah, I look at it and I'm like, that's not what a shark looks like. And then I see mine go by. And I'm like, yeah, that's a shark. <laughs> and uh, um, but the the credit is uh, Mako shark modeled by. That is my credit in Sharknado too. I was like, man, that is very specific. <laughs> so yeah, it's so crazy how I, somebody could find that. Like those all those years later, they're like, just sort of they find your shark. Yeah, he, he must have just Googled like 3D sharks and did, <laughs> like, I got no money. I gotta find some sharks. <laughs> you should have so, said, you know, hey, I'm but, to his Clark, credit, so. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say to his credit, you know, he, he was offering to pay for it. He wasn't just looking mm-hmm. for free stuff. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you should have told him you just they, wanted to be like, like Hasselhoff. Like just give me a one on one with Hasselhoff and we got a deal. <laughs> 
If Hasselhoff brings me a cup of coffee, <laughs> you can have it. That's, that's what happened in Deadpool 2 with Brad Pitt. With the, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he, he's like, I'll be in it, but Ryan Reynolds has to bring me coffee. And Ryan Reynolds, bring him coffee. He's like, what's this? <laughs> he's like, I said that? Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Um. So, so okay. Do we want to do we want to dive into Last Jedi or do we want to <laughs> save that? I want to depress everything. <laughs> sure. So, what, let's, let's just start with what. I guess you could tell us. I mean, what what all did you work on Last Jedi? Like, if people are watching the movie, what what will they see? Um, so, I, I came on board uh, towards the end of production on that one, and sort of like helping uh, uh, the generals department. Uh, you know, drive it to the finish line. Uh, there's a couple of shots in the crate battle at the end um, where I got to do some matte painting skies and some um, um, sort of, you know, sometimes uh, when something's CG, it'll have that, that curse of CG. Um, and like my job was like, hey, can you Photoshop some like rock textures over the top of that so it doesn't, you know, to try to to get that that CG curse off of it? And uh, it's like, oh yeah, 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 you know, just sort of like touching up things here and there. Um, there's one shot of when 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 the character when the rebel resistance fighters are inside <laughs> the base. Yeah. There's the there was like a big door. You know that mm-hmm. was like the entrance to it. Um, the the inside of that door um, was sort of designed late in the game, and the, the look of it they uh, varied a little bit from what they had on set. And uh, so I got to kind of fill in that door. It's like out of focus behind you know the characters, and <laughs> it, it's it's the invisible effects. You yeah. Know? So I got to I got yeah. to do a little bit of that. And then on Canto Bite, um, the casino planet, there's a shot of um, Rose and Finn. They're riding on the backs of the Fathers, and they're like on the beach, like running across the beach. So there's like the, the camera is trucking along with them. So you see like the sand like flying by the bottom of the screen. Uh, the waves are crashing. The ocean goes out, and there's two moons in the sky. And I got to do the matte painting of that sky. Oh, uh, there wow. was very specific, like, art direction work. You know, it's like, oh, here's what was approved. And I was just like, okay, well, it's like low-res JPEG. And I've got to kind of recreate that in, you know, enough uh, high, dynamic, high, high dynamic range information that, you know, the compositors can push and pull it, you know, in the shot. But this is a, a, a little thing that I'm, I'm really excited. There's, there's, there's two little nerdy stories. Actually, I'm really excited to share this. Oh, uh, go ahead. Um, they wanted air traffic in that sky, in that shot. And they didn't want to like, you know, get an animator to bring in an asset and animate, you know, like, because it's so far out, it's just going to be like a couple of lights. And so mm-hmm. I literally uh, uh, in Photoshop just made a couple of little, little lights like way out there on the horizon there's there there's two at the bottom of the screen and i think there's one higher up on screen right and in nuke i just sort of like you know animated them just dragging just a little bit so there's some there's some air traffic in those shots that uh 
So I can officially say it's just like I made I made some spaceships in Star Wars. That's cool. That's they're great. literally just like little little pings of, of light. You're, and you're then, an animator now. Yeah. They, <laughs> 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 Better watch out. <laughs> the, the, the other fun story is um, uh, there's a shot after uh, Kylo Ren. And uh, the first order, they they use a uh, a battling ram miniaturized laser thing to blow a hole in the door, mm-hmm. and it's from the cockpit of Kylo Ren's command shuttle, and you're kind of looking down on the battlefield, and it, it's all this like red stuff and like red marks, and there's there's Tie fighters kind of like scattered about. And um, th- this was one where they were like, "All right, the CG got us so far, and we don't want to spend the money and like having someone like do crazy modeling detail. Can you just you know paint in some some uh, uh, beef up the, uh, the sort of battle damage of the battlefield there?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's cool." And one of the notes I got was the the first order Tie Fighters are black with white panels in their like oct- hexagon. Uh, solar array things and so like the white triangles were really like popping and they're like uh, can you put some battle damage on that and the second they said put some battle damage <laughs> on that it took me back to when I was um, uh, a kid and the, one of the first Star Wars toys I got was a, uh, a Return of the Jedi TIE Fighter and the Return of the Jedi version of the TIE Fighter that Kenner made came with battle damage stickers yes I remember <laughs> like, those it was like a sheet of like little burn marks yeah. and you could pull them off and put them on the, the fins. And so I was just like, I was like, I, we live in the future. Someone's put this on the internet and I just Googled the battle damage stickers, Kenner stickers. And sure enough, there was someone scanned them in there and I, and, and I did not have to do this, but I was just like, I, I was like, I've been training my whole life for this shot. <laughs> so, I went into Photoshop and I cut out the um, the little stickers. And then, of course, I had to scale them way down to where you, they're like, you can't even see it. in the movie. It's like <laughs> it just looks like it's detail lost out there. But I went through the process and like stuck those on there, you know, to, as my starting point of uh, putting like little burn marks and uh, airbrushing stuff on those, you know, panels of that render. So that's uh uh, that's cool. That was something that I was bored one day, and uh, I went really nerdy. And I was just like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> that's great. That's an Easter egg right there. Yeah. I love stuff like that. Yeah, especially if, if you got like a big old fan working on something that they grew up with. Like, yeah, it's, oh, yeah. Uh, they put stuff in there like that. Like, you, you constantly do that. It's, it's so fun. <laughs> and do exactly what you just said there. The, the internet is filled with people being like, why are they ruining things? Why are they like, why didn't they design it this way? Why did like, what's the deal with that color of the costume? There are people like me and Chris, there's a whole <laughs> army of us and we are fighting. We are putting up the good fight. Like when we go to the cafeteria for lunch, we're just like, Oh man, it's just like, I, I I'm, we are doing what, what we know we all want to see. And it's just, there's so mm-hmm. many, um, uh, gatekeepers you know to get to to get through yeah, yeah. and it's like you, you you can only do so much and that as they you know 
<laughs> and, and, and so sometimes they're good reasons, you know, like directors and mm-hmm. it's like, well, it's like it works better as a story point this way or shot this way. But there's there's a lot of us out there that are putting up the good fight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of people trying to uh, this is off this, well, sort of a side note, but um, campaigning to remake their last Jedi. Have you seen this? That's just... <laughs> <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that crazy? Uh, well, it doesn't surprise me one bit, but um, and Ryan uh, Johnson has given them the go ahead. He's like, "Yeah, go ahead." I saw that saw that tweet today. He was like, "Please, please, please, let this happen." <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. The, the whole sort of like interaction of fans with uh, filmmakers today is it's very fascinating. Like. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, for, for the record, I, you you guys know this because we mentioned it uh, 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 right before we started. Uh, but I, I'm a Last Jedi fan. Uh, <laughs> Good night, so everybody. People know that. <laughs> we, won't, we won't hold that against you. No, we won't. <laughs> um, we know you have to be. It's, it's, your, it's your contract. <laughs> <laughs> I love this movie so much. <laughs> um. Crap, man, what was I about to say? <laughs> you're, a fan, you're a fan of Last Jedi. Um, yeah, right before that was. Uh, <laughs> that there's a... That there's a um, um, you're a fan of it, and that it's wrong that you're a fan of it. But it's okay. <laughs> oh, I know what I was saying. I was thinking about, like... Were the internet and social media to be as intact as it is today, but in 1980, like <laughs> oh, some of the things that we hold so precious, like, uh, like I, th- I think a lot of stuff is unfairly uh, uh, scrutinized and talked about and, and, and judged. I, 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 a lot of people were unhappy with, Empire Strikes Back, when it first came out, like before there was ever a Return of the Jedi, like people came out of Empire Strikes Back and they're like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> like, that, that, and, and the same goes with like a, a lot of films, like E.T., like, what do you mean he left, you know? And spoiler alert. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, it's, it's fascinating to go back and think about some of the, the movies that we really love from our, our childhood and mm-hmm. what the reception would have been like if that sort of very, very, very vocal group had as much airtime as they do now. It, does that make sense? Yeah, oh, it's, okay. it, no, it makes we sense. talk about it a lot at work, you know, we're, yeah, we're, no, that'd we're, be interesting. Cause yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of movies we grew up with and like you watch them now, like they don't hold up. Like you loved it then, but like you watch it now, like oh gosh, what was I thinking? Fly to the Navigator. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it makes a very good Coke stand at Magic Kingdom. (laughs) One of the ships is from the movie is a Coke stand at Magic Kingdom. I don't know if you knew that. It's painted red, looks like got the Coke logo on it, but it's the actual ship from the movie, Fly to the Navigator. It's in Tomorrowland. Anyway, sorry, I'm a geek. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's fine uh but no yeah that would be interesting uh, i'm i'm holding yeah. out ultimate judgment on last jedi until the next movie comes out and you have the trilogy 
Yes, but I think that's I think that's that's a good attitude to have. But <laughs> but right now, Last Jedi <laughs> is the only Star Wars movie that I have not gone out and bought to have in my collection. So yeah. it may change, but it is coming on Netflix. So I'll probably watch it for free on yeah. on Netflix again. But it's I don't know. It just yeah, I'll probably have to watch it again because I want to see the lights that you animated. In the yeah, back. I want to yeah. see that. Like um, visually, <laughs> visually, I, lo- I loved it. Visually, I loved it. There was yeah, just like the um, stuff that the, you had no fight, control over that I just yeah, didn't like. The red guard fight scene was like oh, awesome. Yeah, I love that. Except yeah. for uh, the thanks. except for the missing weapon happens and all that stuff. But that's geeky. We don't have to get into that. There's a scene where there's a guy right. one of the guards is about the could kill her and then the next thing they're like never mind that weapon's not there so you can't kill her and it's like it, you know yeah you don't really notice that what? But, uh, anyways but yeah the, yeah my major thing with it was it was like it was the it was a movie based on the slowest la car chase <laughs> yeah like you're going in one direction this is space with the with the side of, yeah, with the side of uh with the side yeah, of I, random that was, Canto Bible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, a, again, I I think everyone's everyone's got valid, you know, uh, point. They, there, there are things about it that, you know, it's not my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, and uh, there's definitely things in it that I'm sort of like, well, you know, it's um, like I'm a big legacy fan and, uh, um, one one of the greatest moments for me in the film is the uh, what uh, Holdo Hold Holdor, uh, Lord Dern's character. Yeah, Holden. Yeah, yeah. Holden. Holden. The uh, like her maneuver thing. Um, like I love that. I know people argue like, well, if you can do that, this, that, and the other, and stuff. I've got my sort of like. Uh, you know, Star Wars role-playing spin on why you can't always do that. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but all that being said, like I was fine with her character. I have nothing against her character, but I, I really wish Admiral Agbar had done that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm, I, I love the little, the little moment that they've given Admiral Agbar in the comic books that just came out like, like last week or oh, something. I haven't seen that yet. Um, it's like you, you get his last words in the comic book, oh, and nice. I'm like, that was cool. Like, I wish that was in the film, but it's a wrap. That <laughs> one, that one. <laughs> well, now it's the second best thing I've ever done. That was, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is a wrap. <laughs> oh my god, that's genius. <laughs> Oh, and and the Tauntaun should have been on Canto Bike. I I think that should have been the creatures racing. Yeah, instead of those weird creatures that nobody knows anything about. Yeah, but those weird creatures are supposed to be like one of the fastest creatures in the. Uh. it's like and that's something else like i I love star wars having connective tissue like i want more of it uh uh, that's why i I love solo oh i love solo too it's the type of star wars movie i want more of and it it saddens me that um it's making money it's out there but i I, you know i I know it's 
Well, the news. Uh, what's came, yeah. in the news? It's like, oh, it's a disappointment. Oh, I didn't meet expectations and stuff. Well, the news today um, is that every all the other uh, Star Wars story movies have been put on hold. Uh, I saw that, but I also so I saw something true. like ABC was reporting that like people were saying that that's not true. So the, know, the ones know. still going are still on. It's, so it's on the internet. Who knows? So, uh, it's, so on we, the, <laughs> yeah, it's on the internet. It must be true. It must be true. We, we, can ask, we can ask Adam if we want to get him really in trouble. But hey, we Adam, so um, <laughs> what do you have you heard anything about Obi-Wan? <laughs> Um, I haven't ever heard. Honestly, I haven't ever heard anything. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I was asking a guy at work uh, a little bit about the news, and uh, I, I think Lucasfilm said something on the internet today about it. Um, but if if it's not been officially announced by Lucasfilm, like it's it's not an official thing at all. Yeah, and I I believe. The only official things that have been announced is is the Game of Thrones guys are doing a trilogy. Yeah, right? that's been yeah. announced. Yeah, uh, Ryan Johnson's de- is developing a trilogy. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course J.J. Abrams is doing nine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's the the um, the the Resistance, the animated series that's been yeah. announced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. And I to the best of my knowledge, I thought there was a director announced for John, a fat movie. John Favreau was going to do something. That's, too. He's doing. That, that's right. That's right. The the TV yeah, show. He's doing a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's rumors about the Obi Wan, which I really want. That's the one I want. Um, with Ewan McGregor. Only if it's Ewan McGregor. If it's not Ewan McGregor, then I don't care. <laughs> I want to see him one more time as Obi Wan. Just one more time. I I, I, I would like that. I yeah. would like that. Too. That would be awesome. And and I'd be good with the Boba Fett. Uh, because um, especially the uh, James Mangold, Mangold, yeah, um, the director of Logan, was supposedly in the running for yeah. the Boba Fett movie. That'd be cool. And I think he could do a good Boba Fett movie. <sighs> yeah, but I love Solo. <laughs> Solo was great. Um, <laughs> I saw it. I saw it twice. Because <laughs> uh, the first oh, time I the first time I fell asleep, yeah. but it wasn't yeah. because of the movie. It was because of everything going on that day. Yeah, we, I was we so were tired. Yeah, it was the weekend we were at a comic book convention, Comic Palooza, and we all went to see it. And I stayed awake. <laughs> um, these two guys kind of drifted off uh, a little bit because it was a long day, and they're old. And they it was comfy old. chairs, recliners, <laughs> and they're food. Chairs and food. I get it. People bring food to you. Man, that's yeah. yeah it was, Who wouldn't fall asleep? Well, apparently you didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Chris is a cyborg. Uh, so let's, uh, before we jump to some other stuff, let's, there's a question that was asked on Facebook. Oh, All right, let's hear it. That we have to, it's from Ben Davenport. Um, if you're listening, Ben. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If not, then hey, you should be listening. <laughs> Anyways, how did Real to Real movie theater change your life or lives both of you can answer this is the movie theater that you guys worked at uh in johnson city uh not the nicest of movie theaters i would venture to say but a movie theater this was before uh 
They, they, didn't, they didn't have stadium seating. <laughs> they didn't have all the fancy stuff that we have today. It's just the run-of-the-mill, small-town, family-owned family owned movie yeah. theater. And you guys both work there, and I'm sure it's changed your life <laughs> somehow. Uh, and I'm sure you have some stories, probably. Uh, and feel free, Adam, just tell us all the dirt on all the deep, dark <laughs> secrets on Chris. Just lay it I, out I, there. I do have uh, one, one of the funniest things, uh, the hardest I've ever laughed, where I thought I was going to die because I couldn't breathe, happened at real to real. Um, but before I tell that story, did you also work at Carmike Cinemas? Yeah, we were both there as well. We were there okay. when uh, episode one came out. Moving on up in so, the world. So Carmike Cinemas was the chain theater in our hometown, and real to real was the smaller family-owned theater. And we were at Carmike Cinemas, and that was like you know, we had to wear the vest and the bow tie, and <laughs> you know it was. It, it, yeah. When we were there, it was an eight plex, and they ended up closing to uh, uh, to remodel it and make it a fourteen plex, which yeah. I have uh, huge beefs against. I that theater was way better before uh, they. Yeah, split and I. Those. I actually worked there um, during the construction, like helping to clean stuff out. Like, oh, really? Yeah, because uh, um, was it Ted and um, yeah, Ted, Ted, which he's going to be in, in the story <laughs> I told yeah. about Rotorio. Um And um, I can't remember Brad. Was it Brad? Brad Ellis, yeah, the man. Yeah, yeah. They they had contacted me and was like, "Hey, you want like some summer work or whatever?" And me and another guy went in there, and uh, I don't I don't do physical labor. No, uh, <laughs> no, he doesn't. He does not. You're an animator. <laughs> I'm an animator. I sit at the computer desk. That was like the hardest job I've ever had to do. That was just like moving just junk and cleaning stuff up. Like, and I was like, I, th- I think me and Josh <laughs> passed on that offer. We're like, yeah. No, and they're like, well, who, who do we got next? And they're like, yes, yeah, that's Chris. Yeah, that yeah, was me. Uh, I need. I wanted the money, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Could have done oh. other things with that kind of offer. Mm-hmm. So, so once they closed the remodel, that's when we kind of like uh, migrated over to Real to Real because we had that sweet theater experience, and they were like <laughs> people yeah. who, who know how things are done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so like I, I've always been well. To an- the first answer to the question of like how did it, it, you know, prepare me for. What was the question again? It said, <laughs> how did it change your life? Change your life. How did it change your I life? think it was a joke, but uh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like, so Carmike Cinemas was the first job I ever got. I got it when I was 16. And, you know, I started out in the concession stand. But I was such, such a, you know, a, a fan and lover of movies. And I took it seriously. And uh, uh, just... I, I just respected it. You know, it's like it's a ton of teenagers. I'm sure there's a ton of jobs that I had that I didn't really care about like later on that I was just like, man, I don't care if I'm late today. Yeah, this, that, and the other. But it was like working at the theater was just like, oh, you know, it's like, I can't be late. I got to go now. And uh, mm-hmm. I just like stayed on my schedule and I ended up like Chris uh, becoming a projectionist. And, you know, when I was like 17 or something, just like keeping that schedule. Like yeah. maintaining like like eight movies running, and as they all get out, like cleaning them and then getting them all, you know, all the the film spliced back together, and then sort of having that responsibility of like 
there's a lot of people watching, you know, a movie that was made by a ton of people and making sure it's like, well, you know, I want it to be in focus and then like going back and just like trying to make sure that like the presentation was as best as it could be, which is something that is sorely missing in so many theaters (laughs) in America. It really saddens me. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, uh, Solo is a, is a dark movie. Like wow. cinematography wise, it is it is uh, it's beautiful, but it is dark and 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 there's so many theaters out there that are running projector bulbs that are like running at sixty to seventy percent brightness, and mm-hmm. for a movie that's dark, it just ruins it. I'm like, yeah. uh, it's <laughs> if you want to make like theaters need to get on it to 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 get to where people. I'm having a minor stroke here. <laughs> um, why TVs today are just so gorgeous that mm-hmm. it's hard to compete, you know, when you go to the theater sometimes with the quality that you have on your, you know, you know, flat screen TVs at home. And they, re- they really need to, you know, stay on it, but I digress. Anyways, <laughs> it was, it was that, that sort of, Uh, attention to you know quality that carried over into you know films where you know you were just like you want you want it to be the best you know that it can be for for the viewer mm-hmm. uh and for the property um so that's that. That's my lame answer on why working at a movie theater when I was a teenager. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, now to the to the funny juicy stories. <laughs> the funny juicy stories. Um, the I love this. So this 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 is the Carmike story. Um, this is like before the internet was. The internet was around, uh, but it was like really hard to download videos. Um, and everything was like dial up. Um, but I was working, I think fall of 1998 or maybe, maybe like early 1999, but it was like a Wednesday and, and barely anybody was at the theater. And sometimes uh, like, if no one showed up, we just wouldn't start the movie. We'd be like, oh, all right, so we're not starting it because, like, no one showed up. Uh-huh. And the U-Haul truck, uh, like, you know, pulled up to the front of the theater. And the guy got out and he had, like, a little box and, you know, signed for it. And I was just like, ooh, what's this? Uh, and, I, like, cut it open. And it was the trailer to episode one. Star <laughs> episode one. I think I remember and that. And I flipped out. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, this is it. Ah. <clears throat> and I asked whoever was working in the box office. Um, I was, I want to say it was, she's all that. I was just like, did she's all that sell a ticket? Because it was like <laughs> late it's run and no one was coming to see it. Like, nope. I was, I was, like, I was like, please like discourage people from seeing that movie. I, yeah, I don't think anybody uh, uh, bought a ticket, but so that movie didn't, didn't sell for, for that showing. And I ran up to like the booth and uh, I spliced, a Roland Emmerich's Godzilla trailer. Uh, we had it up, up there. And I needed something that I could start the projector and make sure it was in focus. 
uh, before running downstairs so I could witness the trailer in the theater. <laughs> and so I, I, I took the Godzilla trailer and spliced it to the beginning of the Star Wars trailer and, uh, you know, made, uh, you know, a reel that I could, you know, then thread through the projector, fire it up, you know, make sure it's in focus and then like run downstairs, you know, like <laughs> almost in the front. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, it, like that perk and having that, you know, that control to, to be able to do that. And in a time before, you know, like trailers dropped and on YouTube, we can just like pull it up. And being like such a big Star Wars fan and the hype that was behind that particular movie. And and, mm-hmm. and this is a world before we knew what was in store for us, you know, in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, like the opening shot was just this the, like fog and and the um, um, the Gungans were on the back of the caduce and they had like feathers and they were just sort of like walking out of the fog <laughs> and it had like the bit of john williams like underscoring it and i, I just it just blew my little mind i was just like oh my god <laughs> uh and then the you know the the big star wars theme like kicks in and uh with the the pod racers it was just magical it was just like it was an insane experience that i will never have again <laughs> uh, and yeah, I instantly like ran back, threaded it up, started, you know, got the Godzilla trailer in focus, ran back down, had to suffer through the Godzilla trailer again. And, you know, <laughs> uh, so that, that, that's a little Star Wars story. Uh, when yeah, it comes to Chris the gave me, um, I still have it somewhere. I think it was episode three's trailer, teaser trailer. Yeah. It's the one yeah. with Darth Vader's like rising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still got it yeah. around here somewhere. I forget what this one is. I've got something here. What this <laughs> Chris stole a lot of movies and trailers and stuff. I just got it lying around. <laughs> oh, th- oh no, uh, no, this is after um, uh, a friend of mine got this for me. Yeah, this is X Men First Class. My my X Men movie that I worked on. Oh. Gave me the trailer for that. Do you have any shots in that trailer? Uh, I probably do. Like I think um, if you any any of her wings, uh, Angel's wings. Um, okay, you see, pretty much, like I, I made her flight cycle that people populated. Nice. Um, but yeah, but yeah, no, I've got some like Lord of the Rings trailers somewhere. Yeah, all kinds of stuff like that. Worth millions of dollars. But I remember, <laughs> yeah, when uh, we, because no. yeah, we were both working at Carmike when Episode One came out, right? Uh, and they, we weren't allowed to watch it the night before. I don't believe. Uh-oh. Because uh, uh, I don't think Lucasfilm like wanted people to do that. Because a lot of times, yeah, I remember they were strict about yeah, that. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of times people work at theaters, like they would do like an employee showing, like the night before, like a midnight showing that we could watch yeah. the movie before it came out the next day. So yeah, I think uh, no way for them to enforce that either. No, which... <laughs> no, not. but yeah, they didn't do it. They wouldn't show it. Um, and yeah, I think yeah, all the next day and everything before we could see it, we we're like trying to avoid it so we didn't see anything. Yeah. Uh, but then like yeah, anytime the the duel with Darth Maul came on, I think you would rush down to the theater and watch it. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I would do that too. Uh, and come out. Fates. And, and I just think, be two creepy guys standing in the yeah, back. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we we because we had little brooms that we'd go and clean up with. 
and I think it was me and you and someone else. I can't remember who else it was. Maybe it was Josh. I don't know. Um, we we reenacted the scene like in the lobby when everybody was in the theater one time. Oh, uh, we were such dorks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were. You're the original <laughs> Star Wars broom guys. <laughs> That's right. Thank goodness uh, we 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 grew up before social media. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness no one had a camera on their phone. Or uh, we dodged a bullet, my friend. <laughs> yes, we did. We oh man, I saw it in some. I'm pretty sure I saw it on vacation. I think we we're in Outer Banks or somewhere. Maybe you weren't with us. I don't. You might have been. It was some like, rinky-dink little scary yep. theater, and it was like a just a one-room theater, and it was. Yeah, there it was. You guys would constantly go on vacation and leave me at home, so. Well, oh, you know, probably doing that. <laughs> How we roll. When that when that film came out, I was still starstruck by. I I, I was still easily entertained by just uh, um, uh, the quality of good visual effects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I can remember just being uh, because that was like my jam, like uh, like following the trades, like reading reading Cinefix of like you know how the stuff was done. Um, there was countless viewings of, of episode one that just on, on a sheer scale of its effects, it like inter- it held my attention, entertained me, I think far mm. more than it entertained a lot of other people who were just like wanting a, a you know, a movie. Yeah. Um, I, I still respect, uh, I still respect, you know, like good visual effects, but that won't get me in a theater anymore. I yeah. won't go see a movie just because, because there's <laughs> so much good work out there now. You yeah. Know? Mm. Um, and I'm like, well. <laughs> so you had a, you said you had a story that probably the funniest thing that you've ever witnessed. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The real, the real story. Um, so this is working at the at the at the local theater and uh, or the family owned theater, and uh, it was like a a slow night or something. And the layout of this theater was such that like the box office and the concession stand were very, very, very close to each other. And uh, it only had four screens. I think they split one down the center and it became a five screen place. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just quiet, like while the movies were running, you know, people would do like homework or just sort of like, you know, chill and chat. And there was like a, an explosion all of a sudden, like a really loud bang. And then just like the most shrill whistle I'd ever heard, like just ear piercing. Uh, uh, to the point where people were coming out of the movie theater to see like, like what, what, what is that noise? What's happening out here? And it was, it was me, uh, my best friend, Josh, and uh, uh, another guy, uh, Ted Overbay, uh, which, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Chris. Yeah. And uh, we were like working that night. And what had happened was the CO2 tank behind the concession stand, the top had blown off of it. And there was a huge plume of white uh, <laughs> smoke or white CO2 just like just like shooting out of the top of it. And it, it, it kind of caught us all off guard. But the um, the daughter of the owner uh, and she was the manager, uh, uh, Vicky, uh, mm-hmm. ran from the box office behind the concession stand to this giant CO2 uh, tank thing. And she was like positioning herself 
like over it, like trying to figure out, like, can I turn this off? But like all her hair was like blowing straight up. <laughs> so it's this like white plume, right? <laughs> and it, it, she, there was nothing she could do, but we were just sort of like staring at her. And it eventually all the CO2 evacuated from the tank and, you know, the sound stopped. Bitch. <laughs> 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 Ted over Ted, and he looked at me and Josh, and he goes, "Ship out of danger," and he's quoting Wrath of Khan. And the second he said that, me and Josh saw the scene of Spock when he's over the dilithium crystal, that like CO two is like blowing up in his face, and it was like so perfect. It was so perfect. Like that is what we saw, and. But we could not stop laughing. <laughs> it was just his delivery. He was giving it to the two guys that knew exactly what he was talking about. It was like an unspoken geek nerd moment of just like what we all saw in our mind's eye. And we were just hee-hawing. And I remember Vicky being so pissed at us. Like, <laughs> like she had no idea why we were laughing so hard. And uh, like, oh my gosh, it was just like, it took this day. That is like one of the funniest. Just, it's it, you just had to know the reference. You just had to be there. Oh, gosh, it was, it was just so perfect. Awesome. So perfect. Ship out of danger. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh man. Well, we are. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're at hour thirteen. This is yeah, time oh. flies. We can keep mm-hmm. talking. I don't care. But uh, we haven't even got to ETSU days because we all went to ETSU. Everybody right now on yep. this podcast mm-hmm. graduates. For, le- for legal ETSU. purposes, yes. Uh, we all went to ETSU. <laughs> we all did go to ETSU. <laughs> yes, yes. I went there. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we did. We went all went to ETSU. <laughs> we, we need to send this episode to East Tennessee State and be like, hey, you need to promote this episode because this is all your alumni. <laughs> give you yeah, so much money <laughs> you know for, for the people that's listening like we're, we're all from northeast tennessee and uh like jurassic park was like a huge inspiration for me when i was in uh, high school it came out in uh, like the summer before i started high school and when i saw that i was just i was so enamored i, I was already i liked art and i like building models and i was like oh my gosh that's what i want to do I want to like work on, you know, like, like films. Uh, but I was terrified of computers and working in CG was the furthest thing from my mind. What I could wrap my brain around was the animatronics. I like, I, I understood it. I was like, Oh, that's cool. It's like, there's a sculptor, you know, he sculpts it and then they make molds and they, you know, there's an, a painter that paints the scales. And then there's like a whole engineering crew that's like making the, armatures that are puppeted under near them uh, underneath them and and then you know there's even more low-tech ones which are you know uh, like hand puppets like i I just i love that stuff um and that's kind of what i I wanted to do and then when you know i was getting to the end of high school i was just like am i what am i should i be finding an art school to go to like what should i do and uh to my mom's credit I remember she one day was just like, Hey, did you hear that they got the Jurassic Park computers at East Tennessee State University? And it was that way that, you know, you're, you're like, when a parent 
is trying to be involved in what your kid likes, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's sweet, mom. Thanks for, you know, taking an interest in what, what I'm interested in. But I, I don't think they have Jurassic Park computers. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I, you know, I just, I just didn't believe her. And uh, she was like, no, I, I heard, I don't know where she heard it from. She's like, no, I, I think I read about it and stuff. And she arranged a meeting. I think I was in 11th grade. Uh, at the time in high school, uh, she arranged a meeting with um, uh, the people who were running the department at the time. It was a guy named Neil Owens and uh, Jeff Morris. And I, I may be remembering this incorrectly, but before the 3D package Maya, it was called Alias Wayfront. Yeah. And uh, I think somebody on the board at the school was. Uh, uh, on the board of Alias Wavefront, and he donated a number of silicon graphics machines and licenses of Alias Wavefront to the school. And the art department turned it down, which I don't know why. Um, but the engineering department ended up saying, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, we, we have CAD. We kind of understand computers. You know, we'll, we'll we'll ingest this." And in the mid '90s, they were one of 13 schools accredited to teach Alias Wavefront. In the night, and I remember going into this room, the AVL lab, uh, they used to call it, and on everyone's monitors, it it looked like the behind the scenes features that I had seen, you know, in for of Jurassic Park. You know, people were working in wireframes and it was like super exotic to me, you know, I was just like, Oh my gosh, you know, and they're like rotating things in 3d and, and, and the only experience I had had manipulating anything in 3d was Mario from N64. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and that was magic. That was only like, uh, that was 96, I believe. And I was just spellbound and I had a huge, huge fear of like the math and the computers and i was just like i don't know you know because i was more like pencil paper and 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 models and and, you know rockets and stuff and i you know i had a little portfolio of the stuff i'd done in high school and uh neil and jeff were like super kind they were flipping through it and uh, i kind of told them i was just like yeah it's like i you know i'm a big fan of the animatronics i just i i don't know if i'd be good with computers and stuff and they told me they were like in 10 years everything's going to be done this way like everything <laughs> and they were like you don't be afraid of it it's just a tool you know it's uh it's it's just like any other tool you can learn to use it and whatever strengths that you have in drawing and stuff you can bring that to this once you learn how to how to paint with this you know uh, new tool and then it being in my hometown and then i guess you know trepidations of like you know leaving and getting out on my own and stuff uh I, you know it just it, it felt like a sign i guess i was just like all right i'll give it a shot I, okay i guess i'll do this you know it was still a time in my life where i was i was kind of going with the flow of you know, it's like, oh, I finished middle school. I guess I have to go to high school now, you know. And it was like, I finished high school. I guess I have to go to to, to college now. And, and, like, honestly believing I was I would ever work on, like, real pro- properties of uh, video games or movies or anything still seems so, so out of reach, even, even though this program was there, you know. 
they were people were leaving there and getting cool jobs like working for the um, National Transportation Safety Board, like recreating uh, you know train accidents and and plane accidents uh, in 3D and. Uh, there was a lot of product design people that were going into like you know shoe design, and um, there were a couple of people that were that were getting into the you know gaming stuff, and I was like, oh, this is cool, you know, maybe it could like lead you know to something there. Um, but you know, I, I just sort of feel fortunate that 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 popped up in in my hometown, yeah, yeah. and uh, um the friends I made in that department as or in that, um, in that, that school started to fan out when they graduated, like all around the, the country yeah. in the world, in some cases. And, you know, keeping in touch with them, like, like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on out there? And, and, um, you know, something I, you know, I tell students when I, when I speak with them, um, is, um, you know, networking is huge. Mm-hmm. And and not in that sleazy way of like it's like oh I'm gonna network you know because it's how you get jobs and stuff but just like being like forging good friendships and like being there for classmates and and you know like if you figure something out and someone's struggling with it, like helping them or vice versa like I constantly ask questions all the time like like how, how did you do that what's the you know what's the best approach for this mm-hmm. and it's like those those little relationships like last and then people fan out finish contracts go to other places and you know it's like all of a sudden the company they're working for the company i'm working for is like you know we need extra help on this do you do you know anybody and they're basically asking like like do you know anybody that's a cool person that's like would be easy to work with that's that's Mm -hmm. not a jerk and it's just like, oh yeah, this, this person's great. They play well in the sandbox, you know. It's like we already have a shorthand, and uh, um, uh, it's it, it's it's something that you know. I guess boiling it down, just be a good human being. <laughs> I, I've I've learned that. I've told like students and and newcomers like that before. Like I, that was like one of the first things I learned when I got an industry, like it's a small industry and so small and, and the people in charge, if they're like, okay, you got two choices. You got this guy over here. Great person. I mean, yeah, great person. Yeah. Pretty good animator, but really good. Takes notes. Great. He won't argue with you. And you got this other person here. Awesome animator, but he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. Who are you going to want to work with? You're going to want to work with the guy that can still get the job done, but he's a great person or they're a great person. And, and yes, I mean it's, uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I can't say that enough to people. Yeah, coming into this, don't be, be nice. a jerk. Be nice. Yeah, don't be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so not not to backtrack and be silly, but I remember when they announced that they had the computers from Jurassic Park, and because you know you didn't have the social media and you didn't have all the knowing everything. So when I heard the news, I was like, oh, man, part of Jurassic Park was made at East Tennessee State University? That's amazing. <laughs> see, see, and that's how I remember it, too. Yeah, like part of the movie was made it, yeah. here? Yeah, because I, I started in 96 at ETSU, and I remember taking a tour. I, I was in computer science. 
and they they showed us part of that and i remember that's what i remember from is like yeah. they made part of the movie or whatever or some movie i don't remember if it was Jurassic Park that i remember but it was something it's like yeah this system they're they're making movies here yeah i'm like oh that's amazing <laughs> wow <laughs> Well, there you go. Awesome. We're nice. dummies. <laughs> you, you, you never know. Sometimes people giving tours, like they're, they yeah. may very well said that. Yeah. Part of Jurassic Park was made here. And it's well, like a home game either. training. Yeah. They're like, really? All right. We keep a dinosaur yeah. out back. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's really cool. Like you were talking about the animatronics and stuff they did for that. Um, right now on Instagram, uh, Stan Winston Studios is oh, yeah, yeah. posting a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff from that first movie because it's like the anniversary and everything. Uh, they've been posting a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff of them making the suits for the people in the raptor suits and walking around in it like the first time and everything. There's a lot of cool stuff on Instagram right now for all that. Nice. Comes out, came out today. The new one. Jurassic yeah. World, Fallen, Fallen Kingdom. Uh, it's got a... Um, uh, I've not seen it in its entirety, um, but I've seen a lot of shots from it, and uh, it's just it's amazing work, amazing. Yeah. And our friend Brian Caldwell, yes, um, Brian Caldwell he, he worked on he it. He was an animator on it. Yeah, yeah, he was over in England. Gotta get him you on know, here sometime. Yeah, we do. Um, he, yeah, I bet he, you he would um, love to. Oh, he would. Yeah, he'd be great. It's just yeah, he's in London, uh, so we just gotta figure out a time <laughs> to do it. Uh, but yeah, no, he worked on. Um, the shot you can see in the trailer. Uh, when Which the, one? Uh, when the T-Rex is, when um, Chris Pat's trying to get past the T-Rex. and the, <laughs> He jumps through the mouth. And kind yeah, of jumps through, the, yeah, he, yeah, he did that where he jumps through the mouth and all that. That's Brian's shot? Yeah. That's cool. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we'll have to see oh. if we can figure out a time to get all the ETSU guys on one show. Yeah. And <laughs> a big round table discussion. And Katrin and I will just sit here and be like, Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we, have a, we have a friend. Did you know Dan Cox? Dan Cox from Kingsport. That name sounds familiar. The name sounds Dan, familiar. Or, or, or Jason Fleming. Jason Fleming, Dan Cox. I know Jason Stansel. Yeah, yeah, Jason Stansel too. Um, uh, Dan Cox and Jason Fleming were both uh, from Kingsport and did the um, um, uh, ETSU thing. Uh, Jason's working at Blizzard Cinematics now, yeah, or Blizzard Animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan was working there. Uh, Dan Dan Cox went to ETSU, and then when he graduated, he came out here to San Francisco to work on his grad uh, uh, degree at the Academy of Art, and was sort of my gateway into moving out here after I finished ETSU. Um, he was he was just like oh you're gonna love it you should come out here you know he's just like ILM's here Pixar's here some of the teachers have worked there and you know he's like why don't you come out and visit and he's like you know we get a place together and stuff and uh, like we weren't super close uh, at ETSU we were just kind of more acquaintances um, but ultimately I made the decision to come out here to further my education and uh, moved in with uh, Dan and uh, uh, Jason Fleming uh, also. And became really good friends with these guys, um, and it's 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 been awesome watching and you, Chris, like watching <laughs> where you've kind of hopscotched, like uh, you know, get 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 your foot in the door here and you're moving here. But anyways, long story short, 
um, uh, Dan is working on the new Avatar movies with uh, uh, Weta, and uh, he's uh, really done really well. He's a, he's going to be a VFX soup on it, so uh, oh, awesome. really proud of him. Um, and uh, excited to see uh, uh, the stuff that they're doing for it. Cool. Especially after uh, just the Weta and their creature pipeline, like the Planet of the Apes, apes, they're just mm-hmm. insane. You oh, just look at those things yeah. and, and you're just like, cool. what? Mm-hmm. And, and and seeing how, how far they've kind of progressed since the very first Avatar, and just like, I can't, I can't wait to see mm-hmm. what that stuff's going to look like. Yeah, I knew an animator that went over there to work on that, and she was like, tails, so many tails. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? That's all mocap. <laughs> <laughs> the tails work. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. And, and, and I, I, I'm always an advocate for animators. I hate it when I hear it's just like, oh, performance capture captured everything. There was no animation on it. That is not true. Animators yeah. touch everything. Uh, sometimes they have to start from scratch. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That's what she said. Animators touch everything. That's the title of this episode. <laughs> no. uh, hey, it's getting late. Uh, it's getting I, I, late. I, I, Sorry. <laughs> Continue on. Ignore me. (laughs) Some of the things I've had to animate, man. (laughs) What do they do with those tails again? I I had to stare at Jamie Foxx's butt for like a Uh, day. What was that for? Uh, No, No, that was just every day. That was just... That was just just your background on your Yeah, He was just there. He would just walk around with his butt out. Uh, No, that was for a, a Django Unchained. Oh yeah, okay. I didn't know you worked on that. Just like a couple of things, I animated a whip. There's so much um, stuff I don't know about you. And uh, <laughs> and like a knife that that cuts Jamie Fox. Um, I just they had didn't have an actual knife there, so I just animated <laughs> knife across. Oh, man, I worked on a Quentin Tarantino film. That's, that's yeah, I got to go watch it now. They, they won't accept me on a IMDb because they they don't want to admit that they had visual effects Uh-oh. in there for some of the stuff. Are you serious? <laughs> I, I was. I only did it for like a week. I was like on the show for a week. Still. So I. Th- but I think there was like a like a time frame you had to be on it in order to get in the credits for it. Oh. And yeah. But, I, there's there's a couple of films I, I know as well that the directors have deals where they you can't admit there's visual effects in their film because they're <laughs> they're filmmakers that you know, <laughs> there's no visual effects in this film. There's a there's a bear that ate our actor. <laughs> it really happened. There's no visual effect in this film. Yeah, so you're really admitting that you actually whipped this woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> cool. Uh, I, I mean, I, I love. Sorry if I've rambled on. No, but, yeah, it's been great. I love talking about stuff. It's, great. it's, all, it's always great to hear you're, you're you're very passionate about your work, and it's always it. It's always good and just kind of uplifting to hear you talk about your work and everything. I've always enjoyed that about you. Aww. Thanks, thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, I've I've always admired admired the 
the people that just keep that fire alive as long as they can, you know, like, like Kevin Smith's like one of those guys. I listen to a lot of his podcasts and he's just, uh, he's just filled with that energy of just, yeah, you know, we're working on comic book movies, you know, we're working on star Wars movies where Mm -hmm. uh, we're not shoveling fish, you know, it's (laughs) like, yeah, we had one of his guys on uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Ming Chin. Yeah, Ming Chin. Ming, Ming Chin was on. You had Ming Chin? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we saw him. We saw him at Comic Palooza, and he saw it. we were wearing our T-shirts, and he's like, uh, he's walking with his entourage. So I was like, "Hey, Ming," because I watched Comic Book Man because I'm a geek. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I was like, "Hey, Ming," and he walked over. And he goes, "You a podcast?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." Like, like, how did you know? You just guess him. He goes, "Come on, let's go. Let's go record." So we just walked over. Sat down at a table and just recorded an episode with him. Yeah, that was fun. That's cool. <laughs> awesome. He was a cool guy. But yeah. Oh yeah. Super nice. Super nice. Anyways, uh, well, the only thing I didn't get to that I was going to ask everybody's opinion about the seventy-one point three billion dollar uh, Disney Fox deal that just uh, went down. But uh, yeah, I, I have mixed feelings about that. Um, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's like if you own everything, then um, your your movies are going to eat into. They're going to cannibalize the the profits of your movies, mm-hmm. and that that's that that's you know something I seriously think Solo uh, was hurt by yeah. was a movies are expensive to go to. They're very expensive to go to. If you have families. They're insanely expensive to take the family out, uh, buy all the tickets, you get the popcorn, uh, all that stuff. Like it's it's a lot of money. Like a, three weeks prior, four weeks prior, Infinity War came out, mm-hmm. and that had a lot of repeat business. Yeah. And then after that, Deadpool came out, which also had repeat business. Um. And then Solo hits. Like people only have budgets. That are so, yeah. you, you know, it's like mm-hmm. Solo is going to be out a while. We don't have to see it this opening weekend. You know, it's just like we 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 can't go back to the movie theater. We have. It, it, I just think that's just eating into you know the box office of things. Yeah. Um, it's it's probably I'm sure it's it's uh, there's a lot to it uh, than just that. But you know that at work, you know, talking with guys at lunch and stuff, I was just like, that's. That's a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the I, I I I have to admit that I am excited to hopefully see like the X Men and Fantastic Four. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm that, right there with you, dude. I'm right all there with that you. Get together, like I was just like, oh, I want to see that. I they could have just bought that part of it. Just said, just you know, we're just gonna buy the X Men and Fantastic <laughs> Four and stuff, but, and keep the rest. But hey, I. I <laughs> I can say I can say I've worked on a Disney movie now because they own Book of Life now. <laughs> so so I, I know they counterbid Comcast. Did it? Is they, it uh, not it now, or is Comcast have an opportunity Com- to come? Comcast. Have, yeah. Fox says uh, next to Comcast. They said no to their to their uh, bid. So Disney got it. Yeah, Disney they, got they, it. They accepted it. I think. Uh, it said no to Comcast and and Disney put in more money. 
and all the people at Disney World are looking at their paychecks going, oh, look at my paycheck. You just spent billions of dollars on Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, I'm an employee of Disney. Yeah, that's true. That true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, so now you're like, oh, it's a great deal. I love it. <laughs> More movies to make. Anyways. Uh... <laughs> Uh, anyways, so uh, yeah, but it's we'll see how it turns out. But uh, what what the because the thing that cracks me up is we could do a whole another episode on this is that now Universal Studios in Orlando and Hollywood they have X Men there, Marvel there, the Simpsons, yeah. the Simpsons mm-hmm. there, um, yeah. everything is all owned by Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I just think is yeah. funny. I think it's hilarious. So, anyways, Disney's going to Sim- own everything. The Simpsons predicted it once again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's there a gag where yeah. you saw Fox. They know. They know it all. <laughs> uh, well, Adam, thank you for being on. Um, it's, welcome anytime. Well, well if you oh, want to come back. Thank you for having me. This was like super, super fun. Uh, Again, I love just talking about all this stuff. (laughs) Come back on sometime and we'll just talk about geek stuff. We won't even have to make you tell your life story anymore. (laughs) Yeah, we we didn't even get into like Clone Wars and Rebels. Oh, Oh. (laughs) I I love Rebels. I haven't watched watched the last season yet, though, so. Because I didn't have the next didn't see that. I, I. I you have such yet. a you have such a Star Wars Christmas gift like waiting I for you wait. in that last when season. It Blu-ray? It's beautiful. Oh, I'm just I'm getting it. Uh, <laughs> oh, good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Oh man, Dave, Dave Filoni. I'm a huge fan of Dave Filoni. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, I'm excited. Oh, anyway, so uh, which made me love seeing Darth Maul in Solo. Ah, loved it. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I hope you I hope you see more of him sometime. Anyways, uh, other news out there just before we leave. Uh, Halloween Horror Nights. You know I'm a big fan. Catron's probably going with me. Chris loves it too. They announced more of their uh, ho- houses for this year. Another 80s theme. So it looks like everything's going to be 80s themed, which is going to be <laughs> uh, rad. I, I guess I could use that word for it. Radical. It's going to be radical. That's, that's um, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're going to be in Orlando in the month of Late September, October, go to Halloween Horror Nights if you like anything 80s. They're going to have Stranger Things. They're going to have um, a new house oh, this announces all like B horror movies from the 80s. Like they've they've made up. Um, Is it the same in Los Angeles as well? No. no they They're don't. not doing it there? No. no. They, they may have Stranger yeah. Things, I'm not sure, but they're not doing the whole total. It's all 80s themed. Which is gonna be every like if you go on their website, they're all they're advertising them all with VHS covers. It's amazing, genius, yes. genius. So go check it out. Our friends over at Scare Zone Podcast, they they have all the latest breaking news on it. Uh, sure, they're our friends. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I talk to the guy every once in a while. Uh, anyways, he may be on next week. There we he may go. Be on next week. Uh, anyways, so Adam. Thank you, thank you so much. It's been a blast. Thank you, thank you, thank um, you. Thanks. We'll see if you can beat those Lucas the Spider numbers that we have. So we'll share, <laughs> share like crazy. 
And with that, this has been episode uh, 61 of I Am Geek, and we will catch you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Good night.